You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 32. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Welcome back to the podcast. So glad you are joining me this week. As of this recording, we just started a new group for the 12-week Delay and Pray group coaching experience, and it sold out for the first time. We had a record number of beautiful Catholic women joining together in community to lose weight and gain faith like never before. So this is super exciting. And I couldn't do it without my fabulous team helping me every single day. And so thank you, Christina, Danny, and Albert. You are the best. So we opened the course for purchase six times a year, each with its own theme of what we are fasting for as a community. And this is our fourth group of women this year who are fasting in community for freedom. We are fasting for freedom in honor of the 4th of July that that at this recording is next week. And you know, we're fasting for all kinds of freedom, individual freedom from addiction to sugar and flour and processed food, unity for our families, freedom for our nation, and freedom for the truth to be proclaimed all over the world, especially through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Blessed Mother is calling for us to pray and fast. And so we are taking up this mission on her behalf. And I hope you will consider joining us, even if you're not in the group, and just fast off of some type of sugary, floury, or processed food item that you normally love, or just fast off of meat on Fridays. That as Catholics is something kind of small that we can do together. And we really should be doing that on all these Fridays that are really penitential. We are having the goal of restoring freedom and truth to our nation and our church, especially at this time. And you can do it. You can help. With God, all things are possible. So in honor of Fasting for Freedom, I am so excited to introduce to you a fellow Catholic coach, Jessica Castillo. She is joining us today. She is a Catholic personal development and health coach and the founder of A Thriving Catholic, which is the name of the podcast. I just love it. Who doesn't want to thrive? Who doesn't want to do that? So she is a West Point graduate, former army officer, two-time combat veteran, Catholic convert, and now a mom of three, an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about the connection between physical and spiritual health, how better health leads to increased capacity for mission. Oh, all amazing things, especially at this time. Her mission is to help Catholic women thrive in every aspect of their lives, body, mind, and soul, so that they have the energy, the strength, and focus to do the important work that God has created them for. Through her online courses, group, and one-on-one coaching, Jessica helps Catholic women improve their daily habits of sleep, diet, exercise, prayer, productivity, and all things related to human flourishing so that they can truly become thriving Catholics. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Jessica. Hello, Jessica. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So how is everything across the ocean in Germany? It's lovely. It's wonderful this time of year. Oh, that is so great. And which part of Germany do you live in? So I live in Kaiserslautern, which is in the Rhineland Falls area. Oh my goodness. And so your husband is active military. Is that correct? And you're not Mm -hmm. active at this time? 
Not anymore. No. Oh, okay. You have to raise all those kids. (laughs) That is awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, I love how your mission is to help women to flourish and thrive, you know, with health and wellness, not only for the body, but also integrating and incorporating the soul as well, because we're, we're so aligned your business and my business in this area. So why don't we start off? Why don't you just tell us a little bit about your faith journey, including what led you into the military? Yeah, sure. So, well, let's see. You mentioned that I was West Point graduate. And so that was really how I first got started in the military. When I was trying to figure out what I wanted to to do and where I wanted to go to school, my older sister, who was also an Army veteran herself, she recommended that I start applying to the service academies, which is something I had not considered before, but I had good grades and I was athletic and I was like, well, I could probably, you know, try for this. I didn't have any money. So the service academies were a good option for me to pay for my education. So I applied and was accepted into West Point and yeah, that started my army career. So there's a, there's a five-year active duty commitment that every cadet has as soon as they graduate. And so that was, you know, my five years of active duty. And then after that, three years in the inactive ready reserves. Um, and now I'm completely out. I'm civilian and a mom. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Well, I can totally see you in the military because your background, when you described how you've always loved um, health and wellness, and at the age of 13, you started exercising and you grew up in a basically secular family. And you said that you had a Gideon Bible laying around and you would just Mm -hmm. exercise in the morning and at night and you would grab the Bible and you would just say some prayers or read it while you were exercising, both at in the morning and at night. And this kind of started this really healthy, habitual type of program or routine at a very young age, I think. Yeah. And I honestly am so grateful for that because I feel like it was God just calling me to himself from a very young age. And, you know, my, my background was a kind of rough home environment and a rough upbringing. And so I really feel like these kind of habits that I developed at a young age, they were, they were like, what saved me. They kept me afloat and helped me stay mentally and physically healthy and strong and resilient in the face of a very difficult, you know, abusive alcoholic home that I was growing up in. And so, you know, it kind of, and I stumbled into it because I, I always loved reading and I was, and I remember one day I was reading a book where one of the characters in the book had developed like her own exercise routine for herself that she did in her room. And I was like, I could do that. I could definitely make up my own exercise routine. And so then I did, and it was like, very simple. It was like jogging in place and doing some sit-ups and push-ups. And I even used to fill up these like water bottles and use them for weights and do different things. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but again, I got books from the library and books that helped me learn about what kinds of exercises to do and how to start exercising. So I started doing that and I had a mountain bike that I used to ride. So I would go outside and I would ride my bike. And I started realizing when I was doing these things that it helped me deal with stress. It helped me deal with the pressure of my home environment and my school environment and everything that I was dealing with. And I obviously I didn't have the language to describe it like that at that time. I was 13. I was just a kid still, but I knew that it made me feel good. I knew that it made me feel calm. It made me feel like I could handle things. And I think I probably have ADHD too. And so it's always helped me focus. Like I would exercise and then I could focus. 
And it was around that time that I started realizing I was like, there's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing of life. And even though I had grown up in a very secular household and we never really talked about religion or God or anything, I remember at Easter time, there were those movies about Jesus that were playing on TV. And I was like, so I was curious about Jesus. I was curious about the meaning of life. And yeah, like you said, I found this Gideon New Testament in my house and the Lord's Prayer was on the first page and I didn't know how to pray, but I had seen people kneel down in, you know, next to their bed in movies. And so I figured that's a good place to start. So I kneeled next to my bed and I would pray the Lord's Prayer and then I would start reading a chapter of the New Testament. And so that was kind of my routine. So I would have my little exercise routine and then I would have my little prayer routine and the exercise helped me focus for prayer. And I didn't know, I really didn't know what I was doing. I stumbled into all of it. I really think God was just leading me through it because I didn't know what I was doing. But yeah, I just remember even at that time, I thought, well, this goes together perfectly. Um, There's Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So even we're so impressionable, especially in the middle school years. I used to be a middle school teacher, high school teacher. Um, It's so true. And so you were seeing this in the movies, you know, you were you were seeking because you were growing up in kind of a, like you said, a a rough environment and you were seeking something better. And that's what we do, right? We, we, we want, we're always seeking what's, what's better for us as we go. And, um, I think that's, that's beautiful. And so the Holy spirit did make his way into your life at that time is just kind of probably always pulling you forward. So that is so beautiful. So you started these bodily habits that you needed to be successful and that started, you just managing your stress in really ordered ways. So you get into the military and you're deployed over into Iraq, right? And you are made the head of casualty operations for the division and also a plans and operations officer. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a lot of responsibility. How old were you at that time? Let's see. I was, when I was head of casualty operations and plans and operations, I think I was 25 or 26. Were you married? I I was married on that deployment. So my first deployment, I was not married. I knew my husband. We started dating when we both got back from that deployment. We married between deployments. And then when we deployed the next time, we actually deployed as a married couple on division staff. Wow. So, which, which was actually not super uncommon. I think there were maybe about eight other married couples that were on that deployment with us. Wow. Oh my gosh. That is so neat. Eight married couples. And so when you went, was he Catholic at the time? When did you turn so Catholic? He was, he was cradle Catholic. So he was born and raised Catholic. And actually he's the, what made me be interested in Catholicism because I didn't know any Catholics growing up. Um, but during, at the time of my first deployment, my mom actually had stage four cancer. And so I was like Mm. desperately searching for what happens to someone after they die. And I felt like I had to find this answer before my mom died. And of course I was in a combat zone. And so it would be cool. Like if I could know for myself too, you know, what would happen when you die. And so I, and at this point, you know, I had gone through a few different phases in my conversion myself. So I had gone through a stint in like the Mormon church and then I'd fallen away from that and gone into like new agey, you know, whatever, like do whatever you want kind of philosophy. And so that's kind of where I was at this, you know, in my early twenties after I had graduated. 
And I remember just reading all these like new age books and not being able to find any satisfactory answers to what happens to a person when they die. And I remember seeing my future husband in the DFAC, the dining facility in Iraq, like making the sign of the cross before he ate his meals. And I was super intrigued. I would, I'd never seen anyone do that before. So I was like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? And when we started dating, I, I just brought him all my questions. Like what, you know, what does happen to a person when they die? And I, and I just had so many deep questions about life and purpose and meaning and just so many things that finally he couldn't answer them all. And he was just like, you just need to go to RCIA, um, and, and find out. And so it, it was actually between deployments when we started dating, when I went to RCIA and I actually came into the church at Easter vigil, 2010, and then he and I were married the next month. So, and then we deployed like shortly after that. So wow. it was like a, a lot of things. <laughs> so it must've been great comfort for you then to realize that you're, you're not just a body, that you're a body and soul integrated from head to toe. And that when we die, the body goes into the ground, but, but the soul remains and you'll see your mom again. You'll, you'll, yeah. you'll see her again. And I, my, my mom is also deceased and I'm going to see them again and it's, it's going to be beautiful, you know? So it's just beautiful. So we have hope. We have hope that death is not the final the final answer. Oh yeah. And I think even before I had any real answers, like before I'm, before I was dating my husband, before I went to RCIA, um, you know, I had to go home on emergency leave from my first deployment to be with my mom when she passed. And I just remember standing in her hospice room with my siblings and I still had not found an answer, but when she passed away, I felt this wave of peace, Mm. you know, this deep peace wash over me. And I knew that everything was going to be okay. And I didn't know how I knew. I just knew I was like, it's fine. Everything's going to be okay. And it was, it was later when I found more answers that I could understand that piece. But you know, Jesus promises a piece that surpasses understanding and that happens sometimes. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And he uses the secular world, the material world all the time to, you know, to usher in, um, all that is good and holy and beautiful. Um, he can, if we're seeking it. And so we, we shouldn't be afraid of that. So that's, that is wonderful. So one of the things I thought was really neat is, um, you had described in one of your podcasts that you found out that you could actually use food and exercise as a performance enhancer instead of, I mean, just, you know, whatever food and exercise is instead of like, oh, well, food and exercise is so that I can get thin. So less food, more exercise equals thin. Um, But that's not the way it goes. I mean, food is honestly really, really important for our performance on a daily basis, what we eat, how we exercise, and then how we pray and how we just form it all together in body and soul. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because this is how... um, this is how you teach Catholic women how to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it was really during my second deployment that I started really getting into this. And it was, you know, before then, young 20s, you kind of eat whatever. I exercised because I was in the army and that's just what you do. And so I had to pass PT tests. But when I was on that second deployment to Iraq and I was the head of casualty operations and plans and operations for my section in the division staff, it was a lot of pressure. And in order to deal with all of it, I was like, okay, I have got to be at my absolute best. 
how do I get there? And I had some notion that what I ate affected me in some way, but I didn't realize like what a significant impact it would make. Um, and so when I really focused on dialing in my diet, cutting out sugar, really eating a lot of vegetables. I was very careful with my exercise instead of it just being something that, you know, I would go to the gym and go on the elliptical if I felt like it. I had a very, um, like planned exercise Mm -hmm. for myself. Like I was lifting on this day. I was going to do this. I was like, I had a, you know, made a plan. Um, I was really careful with my sleep. Um, it just, all of these things. And of course, during that time, because I was newly a new convert in Catholicism, like I was also developing my prayer practices and what kind of prayer I was going to have. And so I was really, every morning I was doing Lectio Divina. I was trying to, you know, incorporate spiritual reading, like all of these habits that I was building, they enabled me to manage the pressure of that position, to manage all of the stress. Um, You know, these long work days where you basically you're working all the time and you can be woken up at any time of the night to deal with a casualty situation or anything, um, or there's a mortar attack and now you have to go in a bunker and you, you know, a mortar could land in your house, you know, so there's, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. And so, I think that was my first experience of really seeing the connection between, okay, these are my very intentional habits that I've chosen that are, that are sustaining me. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the times we think about habits and we're like, okay, well, I'm going to build these habits, but really it's like, okay, we choose the habits that are going to then sustain us. And we just forever. Forever. Yes. Forever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love it because you know what? You were intentional actually at the age of 13 and it was the intention and the routine and the habits that got you through growing up. I'm sure because that's what we all crave is, is a a really good holy routine. And here you're in this combat zone. And again, you're reaching for intention, intentional habits. That's going to keep you alive, both body and soul and answer all the purpose questions that you're having um, in your mind and, and in your soul. And just like, you know, why am I here, Lord? You know, how do I, how do I best serve you, Lord? And so these are, mm-hmm. I think they're kind of subconscious sometimes in our minds. And, and then we have to really get into a routine to, to live that way, to live very purposeful. And so I love that. I love that. And so then, so then take us to, you know, you're having kids. And so, you know, you are seeing, um, like a lot of moms in the same situation that you are, where you're just, um, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed with motherhood. You're feeling overwhelmed with being deployed. You're, you're feeling, um, a little bit lost and somehow you lose this routine. So tell us a little bit about that and then how you got that back. Yeah. So, Basically, when I got out of the army, I was already, I was pregnant with my first daughter and I, I had this image in my mind of what a good Catholic woman needed to be like. And so I tried really hard to fit myself into this mold of like, I'm going to be this perfect Catholic woman. I'm, you know, I'm going to just throw myself into raising my children and cleaning my house. And I still think obviously these are good things. I'm not saying they're not, but I think that I just really lost sight of this idea, this notion that God has created me uniquely and designed me uniquely for a specific purpose and for a mission that he has for my life. 
And instead, I was trying so hard to just fit this mold or this imaginary mold. Really, it doesn't exist. I just thought it did. And after a few years of this, I was like, why am I so unsatisfied? Why am I so unfulfilled? You know, did you stop exercising? Is that what happened? You stopped, you kind of stopped taking care of yourself. It was kind of a stop of all things. Yeah. So it was sort of like, you know, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas has this quote where he says that when man is deprived of true spiritual joys, it becomes necessary that he become addicted to carnal pleasures. And so for me, that was totally what happened. I started becoming addicted to carnal pleasures. I was turning to any kind of comfort that I could get in the forms of alcohol or sugar or Mm -hmm. junk food or any, you know, and so many moms do this. Like this is so common. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. It's funny because it's not, you know, it's doesn't, you don't have to be an alcoholic. You're just addicted to having a few glasses of wine every night to rest. That's quote unquote. Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just, you know, a couple candy bars here and there. And unfortunately all of that zaps your energy. And, you know, we, we know all of the science behind it. We know all that. Um, and we get lost and we can kind of drop into a little bit of negativity, um, despair, depression and, you know, that's what happened to you. Where were you located when you were, were you in the States or where I was living in North Carolina at the time. Okay. Was your husband traveling? I mean, was he deployed or you were all together? So he was not deployed, but he was working in a pretty high pressure job. So we didn't see very much of him. Yeah. And I was, so yeah, I was just alone with my kids all day trying to homeschool them. And oh yeah. And yeah, I was, I was very overwhelmed. And so the things that I knew were good for me, I was just really turning away from, um, from exercise, from nutrition, and then eventually even from prayer, because I started realizing I was so angry with God because I felt like I had held up my end of the bargain. I was like, okay, Lord, I've been, you know, faithful. I'm, I'm doing all the things you asked me to do, but I'm unhappy. I'm so miserable. So what gives? And so I really had just, yeah, turned to these, these habits that were horrible for me and were just sapping my energy, making me feel more depressed. Um, it was a real, it was a downward spiral for a while. Yeah. And a lot of women, especially since COVID, Um, are in this position now because what happened is everybody locked down and some people are not coming back out. I mean, some people, some women are not coming back into the church activities, just back into the networking events, just back with family, connecting face-to-face with people. It's, it's a lot of work over Zoom because we're working from home. We're doing all of these things and we just have to get back to connection. We have to get back to holy habits and that's what you teach. So, so what happened? How did you, how did you finally find your way back into um, being a thriving Catholic like you are now? Well, I think fortunately for me, I had a friend that I was talking to one day and she, you know, she asked me how I was doing and I just was really honest with her. I was like, I just feel really numb all the time. I'm not looking forward to anything. I don't want to do anything. All I can think about right now is going home and having a drink because that's the only thing in life that I'm looking forward to. And she was just super blunt with me. And she was like, this is depression. You're dealing, you're depressed. You're dealing with depression. And I was like, 
floored because it had never even occurred to me. <laughs> and this is crazy that this is how it is. But you know, when you're, when you're in it, you don't see it clearly. And I was like, oh no, depression is something that happens to like other people who are like less strong than I, like I am real resilient. I can handle pretty much anything. I think this is fine. And I would agree with that, by the way, agree a hundred percent with your background there. It wasn't until like, but I really started thinking about what she said and that was just so eye-opening for me. And when I was like, oh, okay, if this is depression, well, what is depression? What causes a person to be depressed? How does this come about? And because I've always been a learner and a researcher, I immediately started trying to dig into it and trying to understand. I was like, what's going on in my brain that I'm, that this is happening. This is part of my physical body, you know, this, um, and so if it's part of my physical body, then there's going to be some things that I can do with my physical body that are going to make this better. And I already know all of those things. I had just stopped doing them. Mm -hmm. And so that was the, I mean, and this was the hard point. This was the hard part of the transition that I think you and I both coach a lot of people through is that first step when you're first turning away from those quote unquote, carnal pleasures that you think are the only joy in your life anymore. And now you're taking this big step of faith where you're like, okay, I'm going to turn away from drinking and I'm going to turn away from sugar and I'm going to turn away from junk food. And I'm going to trust that I'm going to feel better on the other side of that. Like I'm going to trust that after a couple of rough days, a few rough weeks, that I'm going to come out the other side of this better. And so I did, I started making these changes. I turned back to some of my older habits that I had, that had sustained me for most of my life at this mm -hmm. point. And so it was, it wasn't overnight, but it was relatively quickly that my body was feeling so much better. Oh, I love that. I love that because, you know, we have control over what we eat. We have control over exercise. Um, and we have we have biological control if we can just understand what's happening in our bodies and then shift our thoughts to knowing that we can do it. Thoughts mm -hmm. such as, um, what if food and exercise are some of the only things I can control always, no matter where I'm at, no matter where I'm in, you know, what country I'm in, what state I'm in, no matter what stage of life I'm in, what if I can control that like all the time? And then your brain starts going on an adventure to go find out, well, how can I control? So you go to books, you, you read all about the difference between um, burning glucose, which sugar burning and, you know, burning ketones, which is fat burning and how we have to be metabolically flexible to go back and forth. That's what I teach too. And people are stunned um, because anytime you say ketosis or ketones, people are like, oh, that's the keto diet. It's like, no, it's not the keto diet. You, you, your body really to be really efficient needs to, to, be fat adapted most of the time, but be able to go in and out of some sugar burning with some really good carbs, sweet potatoes, vegetables, you know, and then everybody is different. So you got to figure it out. So like a lot of vegetables, a little bit of sweet potatoes, you can, some people can have rice. Some people can have regular potatoes. It's like, it's not just, you don't want to be in ketosis the whole time. You, you need a little ice cream once in a while yeah, on Sundays. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's like, I tell my clients too, the goal is not perfection. The goal is resilience. So we want to be oh, I love that. the most I love that. resilient body we can possibly be 
because we do have big, important missions. We have important work to do. You know, I have the, the work of raising my kids is an important, is important work. And there, and we all have some mission and I was not able to bring my full self into my vocation because I was suffering under the burden, under the weight of these really poor habits that were just dragging me down. And, you know, we talk about the connection between spiritual and physical health. And this is so true too. Like when a woman is really struggling with these things and is, and is now basically feeling all of these depressive symptoms that a lot of, I mean, so many lifestyle factors factor into that, that, you know, you start thinking like, oh, I'm in a state of desolation or this is despair or like God is far from me and God is not far from you. God is close to you. God Mm. is the air you breathe. He's so near to you, but we blind ourselves to it because we're so stuck and so weighed down and we can't, um, experience that, that freedom, um, and that light that comes when we can literally just understand, like, this is the way God has created your body to function. Mm-hmm. When you know the way your body has been created to function, you work in accordance with God's beautiful design for your body. You're thriving in body. And then that was the point when I was now able to come back to God in prayer, very humbled, mm-hmm. you know, from my experience and just really turn to God and say to him, in all sincerity and openness at this time, like, what are you actually asking of me? What do you want me to do? I was trying to do what I thought you wanted, but show me what your actual will for me is. And now, because I was thinking clearly, because I had more energy, because I wasn't depressed and I had that focus, I could answer that call. I could actually listen to God's voice and now have the strength and capacity to do whatever it was he was going to ask of me. I do. I love that. You actually had it when you were 13, um, how you combined in the morning and the evening exercise and movement with prayer. And then who knows what your food was like during that time. But we know that food is a, a total performance enhancer and that if we can put whole food into our body and just lessen the sugar, lessen the flour, lessen the processed food and the chemicals, your hormones, your hunger hormones will, will balance your leptin, your ghrelin. You'll stop being hungry all the time. You'll start being metabolically flexible. I teach this in my course. I'm sure you teach it in yours. And you, you start to become equipped for the mission because you start thinking clearly as you add in a little bit of intermittent fasting and as, as your neural pathways start to heal, um, because your brain, when you have candy bars all the time, it loves the sugar burning. So your brain's going to be like, Hey, that was really good. When we ate the candy bar, remember how great we felt. That was a huge dopamine hit. So we should do that again, but then your body doesn't feel good. And so then you're like, well, okay, it felt good for a few minutes, but Oh my, my body doesn't feel very good when I do that. So, well, I'll just do it again because I, you know, I am getting that pleasure center hit. Okay. So you're in confusion and that's when it's, it's less likely you're going to go to prayer because you're in confusion. You don't know what to do. So maybe, maybe you'll just buffer on Netflix for a little while because that's comfortable. And, Mm -hmm. and and so then you're just all over the place. So this is what happens. You get off track. Instead, if you can get some holy habits going on and you can get very habitual with in the morning, I do this in the evening. I do this. This is where my prayer time is. I go to mass twice a week or four times a week or five times a week, whatever you do. And this is where I go. This is when I do it. I go to confession once a month. I go to adoration once a week. This is how I do it. This is when I do it. This is what I eat. And I put it on my food protocol. 
And like you said, nothing's perfect. Kids are going to get sick. You're going to miss mass. Things are going to happen and you're going to forget to do your food protocol. That's okay. But if you can just get these habits slowly over time, just started like one daily mass a week, monthly confession every month, just one little hour of adoration a week. If we can get some of these sacraments happening, if you can get, you know, some of the sugar, flour and alcohol delayed until Saturday night and Sunday, maybe you have to drink on a Thursday, like one or two glasses of wine because you can't make it, um, you know, slowly just rolling into health, you will see the energy, just all of it just is so the clear thinking is amazing. Mm-hmm. So like I sit before you, I was, I was very tired. We just had this launch. Right. And, um, I was thinking I need a cup of coffee. And then I was like, no, I do not need a cup of coffee. I need a, I use L M N T, you know, just like, oh, element. Yeah. yeah, just like, mm-hmm. yeah, just like, um, electrolyte drinks, you know, and mm-hmm. people send me different things. This is really good though. But you know, I just have one of those and I'm like popped up. I mean, I'm just, yeah. yeah instead a lot of, of people just need electrolytes and don't realize they're dehydrated and need electrolytes. Yeah. But, yeah. A little more than water sometimes. Yeah. And I am, I'm a yeah. weightlifter and I heavy exercise, um, not heavy, but I mean, you know, I do the elliptical, I, I do the reformer, um, lift weights. Um, and I'm 58 and I'm not on any medication. And I, I love your words though, food as a performance enhancer. I'm going to use that. I will make sure to reference mm-hmm. you just flooding ourselves with good food, flooding ourselves with great information. That's going to make you feel better. And you just got to start somewhere, even if you start slowly. So, so where are you now? Like what, so what are you doing in terms of, all of it, like in terms of your business, in terms of being in Germany. Yeah. Okay. So I am, like I mentioned, I'm a military spouse still. So my husband's still active duty stationed here in Germany, which is awesome. We're loving it. I'm, I'm learning German slowly. My kids are, we're going to be homeschooling again, starting next year. We had a few years of different schools, but we're going back to homeschooling. I run a health coaching and personal development business. So basically a thriving Catholic is all about helping women to just thrive in every single aspect of their lives, like body, mind, and soul, anything that's related to human flourishing. I'm after like, we are going to, you know, yeah, we're going for whole person flourishing. That's what a thriving Catholic is. Um, so that's what I'm doing now. And yeah, I just really trying to kind of embrace and embody all of the things that I teach my clients. I do myself. Um, and like, so you do you have, that, do you have a lot of military wives that are in your groups? Not really, because I do a lot of my coaching virtually. Okay. Um, yeah. So not as many people in person, but yeah, just people from all walks of life. Really. I work, I end up working with a lot of entrepreneurs because I, one of my group coaching programs, mission driven peak performance is really focused on helping Catholic entrepreneurs be at their peak in every way so that they can bring more of themselves into their mission. Oh my gosh. I think I need to, doing. I think I need to sign up for that. I got up at three 30 <laughs> this morning, three 30 yesterday morning. Cause this is our launch. It launch just ended last night at midnight. And those are, those are rough weeks. I haven't exercised, um, for like four days. I'm feeling it. Um, yeah, maybe I'll sign up there, Jessica. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is hard when you're an entrepreneur. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, 16, 18 hour days, sometimes, not all the time, just on launch weeks and certain times. And I, I strive really hard to take care of myself. I always get the prayer in. I'm sometimes not the exercise. And then I just go, but I can go right back into it. Like I'll be like, right after I'm done with you, 
after this podcast, I'm going to put my shoes on and I'll be on the elliptical and do my weightlifting and get right back at it. I also always walk after every time I eat. So I prepare my salads. I put them in the fridge. I eat them at specific times and put it in the sink and I have my shoes on and I go for a walk. I don't let my brain decide like, hmm, should we go for a walk? What's the temperature out? I don't even let oh, it decide. Yeah. I just go. But I, I love like when people decide, then mm-hmm. don't decide. Yep. Like when you've decided, don't decide anymore. That's it's right. It's just a waste of your mental energy and time. It's decide, true. Then don't decide. Just do it. Oh, I, I love that. So um, let's end with like fasting for freedom. How can we fast for freedom? You're in Germany your husband's in the military. Um, why is it important at this time? And, and how can we pray and fast for you and your family as a group? Well, I think that the military is always under a lot of pressure. Um, most jobs in the military tend to be high stress and high pressure. But I think, um, especially now in today's military, there's a lot of uh, changes coming in the military that are kind of like a microcosm of society, like some societal changes being forced on the military in terms of, you know, gender ideology and all of the other things. So I really think just fasting for the nation and for just a return to virtue and to the values that are, that really should be the foundation of the armed services as well as, uh, a an American a Catholic life, like it should be founded on virtue. And I think as a nation, we're kind of, we're turning away from that, um, a lot. So yeah, I think just fasting for that return to values. I love it. I love it. You know, patriotism is a virtue and, um, it's, it's wonderful to have love for your country and it's right. So, and it's just, so that's something, um, that I teach in this fasting for freedom course that I have is, is, you know, bringing back the virtue of patriotism, of course, the four cardinal virtues as well, always. But I don't think sometimes people realize that it's a virtue. We should have love for our country and and, and we should build it up and, and be a, um, you know, a place, a civic society that is beautiful. And for us Catholics that can at least adjust to a Catholic worldview or welcome a Catholic worldview, if, if it, if it's so if you are Catholic. So it's like religious freedom is what I'm talking about. Um, how can we pray for your husband? That's a good question. Uh, just pray that he makes good decisions. Uh, pray that he, um, leads his unit well and, uh, continues to just have the, the fortitude, all the virtues that he needs to do this job and to do it well. And safety and protection for him and and for your whole family. Oh my gosh, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We learned so much. And I will have all of Jessica's information about The Thriving Catholic on the show notes. So just go there, um, follow her on Instagram, LinkedIn. She's on um, all of the socials as well as she has quite a few freebies out there too. So um, go sign up for her email list and and get her freebies as well. And um, again, thank you so much. Uh, We will all be praying for every American in the military who are protecting and defending our nation, both here and abroad. That's very, very important, especially over this 4th of July. And you're true servants. I mean, you're called into battle, both physically and spiritually. And we thank you and your family for your service to us and our country and know that we hold you in our hearts and pray for your safe return home soon. So um, I have my own nephew who's a military chaplain. 
uh, in the Navy. So we will pray for Father Jacob Meyer as well, who's I was out there on a ship in the middle of the ocean protecting us and bringing the sacraments to all of our military men out at sea. Well, God bless you, Jessica. Thank you so much. And uh, you never know, I just might be in one of your entrepreneurial programs one day. I think I might need it. I know I would learn a lot. So everyone, I hope this podcast was helpful to you. If it was, please consider subscribing so that others will hear the great message of spiritual fasting and get back to the sacraments this year. So together by delaying and praying, we will not only lose weight permanently, but we can change the world for the better. Have a great week, my friends, and I will talk to you next week. May God bless you and keep you always. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.